Hello, welcome to another episode of Chatting in the Channels. Um, today I'm going to be talking these guys through um, a topic that I think is going to be really interesting to chat about. I think it's an interesting one because of the context of the season and where we are with um, COVID, with, with the way the Premier League's looking right now, it being pretty open, clubs being in positions that they may not be used to. Um, and I think it's going to be a really interesting one. So we're talking about managers that we think are the most under pressure or managers that we feel are the least under pressure but um we're going to be talking through who we think is under pressure as a manager um i think that clubs right now aren't putting pressure on their managers and that's a very generic statement to make but that's how i'm going to open the conversation and, and open it up to anyone that wants to jump in on that i, I think ross makes a really interesting point there if i if i've caught him correctly where he said he doesn't feel like there's a lot of clubs that have put pressures on on their managers um, and I think the, the first two that come to mind is, of course, you, you want to say Chris Wilder at Sheffield United because they're bottom of the league. They've picked up one point um, so far. Yeah, they've, they've had a, they've had a tough schedule, um, but you know, and, but they're still bottom of the league. I think if if this was this time last year, you you think right? Well, they're newly promoted. Maybe they're not a strong side. I think the biggest problem for them, and we've mentioned it before in the past, is. Um, the goal scorers they don't really have the goal scorers obviously they, they lost their rock at the back which is which was uh, uh, Henderson the goalkeeper um, and of course that changes the dynamic massively um, but I think uh, Chris Wilder is, is definitely one and then the other one is seems to be Sean Dyche I mean it was only last week or so or two weeks ten days ago when England had a, had a bit of a dodgy patch they were talking about Sean Dyche for England um, he was the favourites at one point Um now I know there's apparently a lot going on behind the scenes at Burnley, um, so I, you know I, I don't quite know how to comment properly on that. But again, five points is yes, maybe two points from safety because Fulham had a had a phenomenal result today against Leicester. But yeah, I think there's still got to still got to look at Sean Dyche is under pressure as well. Can I add a different perspective to this? I actually think it's a really good thing that these people aren't under that much pressure. Yeah. If you rewind to when we were all younger, so 15 years ago, when the majority of us were you know, somewhere between sort of 12 and 16, roughly, when we were probably the height of enjoying, you know, could understand it all, etc. Managers weren't under pressure after 10 games. Managers were under pressure after like a full season. And, and you know even two or three seasons before someone would feel pressure of being sacked because people were given the time to develop teams like Klopp was at Liverpool, like Pep was at City. I feel like I'm actually really happy that football's going back the other way because I hated the quick turnaround. Being an Arsenal fan, when Wenger left, bear in mind Wenger's been the, Wenger was our manager when I was born and I knew nothing different until they left and my biggest fear was that we were going to be united. Who, when Fergie left, rolled through managers. Or, like, this isn't a dig, but Chelsea, yeah, right. who went through managers, even when they were winning trophies. Yeah. I mean, didn't Conte, like, win the league and get sacked or something ridiculous yeah. like that? Right, That was my biggest fear, was becoming that. So I'm quite happy that people aren't feeling as much pressure. And that, that's just my personal view. I like that we're going back to that. When you say, when you say that, though, and this is, I think, where the conversation gets quite interesting... Not to jump on you as an Arsenal fan, but let's use it as an example because they're all going to be, it's, it's going to happen everywhere. 
Arsenal are 14th, right? Mm-hmm. I know you're saying, hey, we're, I, I love the fact that as we're now in an era where we can kind of trust Premier League managers to get it done. If you lose again, this we got Tottenham this weekend, uh, in a few weeks, right? This like this weekend, sorry. You got Tottenham, you lose that one. You could potentially slip down 16th, potentially. And then you've got Brighton who have got to get a Burnley have got a game in hand. But anyway, I'm not saying you're a relegation contender, but how far does it slip? That's not just for Arsenal fans, that's for Leeds as well. Let's bring Leeds into that conversation. Because Leeds right now aren't performing that well. Playing Chelsea this weekend. If you lose again and then you lose again and then you lose it, how long do we keep saying, Yeah, it's fine. We we we, we trust him. Well, I think I think you look at the table right now, I don't think we've ever been ten games in and had such a tight. Well, I was, let's yeah, look at it. You're right. Because it's five points between seventh, no, 16th and 4th. Yeah. You've it's got, two games. You've got five teams, really, that you're looking at. You've got Brighton. You've got Fulham. You've got West Brom. You've got Burnley. You've got Sheffield United. Would any of us really have been surprised, and we did do our predictions earlier on in the podcasts, are we really surprised that them five teams are down there in the relegation battle? We're really not. So this is my question. You get rid of a Chris Wilder. You get rid of a Sean Dyche. They're the names that we all know. Big Sam, Alan Pardew, all those types of people. But who do you actually bring in to say they're going to do a better job than that person that's in that seat right now? It's interesting that you all talk about pressure. Because where does a lot of pressure come from when things are going wrong? Media. Fans. The fans first. You don't have your fan support. It becomes... Like you say, I would, I would say a little. I would say I would say yeah. Fans, once it's once it's too far gone, then fans. But right? fans are not. Putting... But like, but the media is the thing that starts it, right? So the media have gotten underneath Klopp's skin most recently. So now all of a sudden, Liverpool fans are going. Wait, is there reason for concern? Wait, are we? Is this something that? we actually do have to look into. Are we actually getting rattled? Is Klopp's clearly changed right now? How has that happened? Fans haven't done that. Fans adore Klopp, you know, and we're talking about bias and seeing things through um, tinted glasses. And again, Christian, it really isn't on Arsenal when I'm, when I'm but, but, but you look at what's happening with, um, with Arsenal. He's very positive. Everybody else is not positive about Arsenal. Once the fans are Involved, then I don't think there's much of the way of redemption because that's when the fans get on the pressure of the chairman. The chairman's always come out two, three months beforehand saying, no, everything's fine. But then once you say that, does that then turn the fans go, well, is it fine? Or seen this happen before? What happens now? I think what you need to look at is, is that, especially when you're talking about managers under pressure, if I was to say to you right now, like, who's more under pressure, Steve Bruce or Bielsa, who who you say? I'm saying Steve Bruce. Have you Steve seen Bruce. Newcastle play? It's got to be Steve Bruce. But they're currently on the same points. Yeah. There's only one trajectory. Steve Bruce that, under more pressure than Bielsa. Oh, without a shot. Right. Steve Bruce will 100% be fired before Bielsa. No doubt in my mind. Well, and this yeah, is I the mean, thing. I, I rate Bielsa, but it and, depends and, how you look at pressure. And 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 the reason, you're talking about pressure is in someone closest to getting fired. I talk about pressure is in your expectation and what you're meant to deliver. Well, the expectations of both clubs are fairly certain, right? Both of them are clubs that are the stature of a mid to upper. You don't think Leeds expect to go... I mean, 
we all talk about Leeds as if they could potentially be a top six club, the way we all speak about them here on the podcast. You think Leeds don't think of themselves as that? Bielsa's not thinking of that? I'd imagine Bielsa puts himself under way more pressure than Steve Bruce. I don't, I don't doubt that, but that is the expectations though, isn't it? Like that, that is because that's Leeds, pressure. But, but that's because Leeds have got them. But they're not expected. <laughs> if anyone's sitting here and saying if Bielsa doesn't make it into Europe next year, then he's fired, then you really have to have a little look at well, and, that, and that was my question. That's, that's not the case. You look at Newcastle, honestly, just looking at how they play, and you're talking about fans, and you, their fa- the fans are currently on the back of Steve Bruce and their performances. Right now, Steve, as I said, the fact that they're on 14 points each, you, you, in my mind, when I saw the league and I was, we, we talked about managers under pressure, for me, I actually did predict Newcastle to go down. So maybe that was one of my first things, like, oh, what's happened to Newcastle? Or, uh, again, is it a, a, a week in which they're, I mean, they had a really good result against Crystal Palace, which is, which is fantastic. I would have thought they would have lost that. Nonetheless, they've done well. But that's still, is that just a band-aid over a poor performance? If Leeds went on a three-game losing streak, there's no way that anyone's going to be saying Bielsa's out. But, but that's what that bringing it back to what we said. How long do you let it slide, right? Because right now you're right. The table is tight. It's it's really tight. The fact that West Ham a few weeks ago down the bottom of the table, now we're we're up in the top five of the table. That's going to change in the next few weeks, right? One or two losses, one or two wins, changes everything. But my question remains, and, and Christian, you make good points on on pressure and what that means for different clubs and expectation and what that means for different clubs. But how long into you not hitting those expectations. How long into the fact that Man City right now are sat in eleventh position? That's going to be different for a, a fan base. They're going to look at that table, and it's going to mean a lot more for that fan base than it is for Newcastle or Leeds. They're quite happy to be there for a bit longer. But how long is an Arsenal fan? And if you don't get out, of, if you don't get into the top half of the table until Christmas, because you've got a tough run, and then March. Yeah, I mean, what happens? So, so there's a couple of things. Firstly. I mean, City's a great example when you talk about them being 11th and pressure and stuff like that. Guardiola signed a two or three year deal a couple of weeks ago. It just shows that there's trust in the managers and with how tight the table is that they're going to get out of it. Personally, as an Arsenal fan, after this weekend against Spurs, I mean, we finished eighth last year and we'll have played everyone other than Chelsea that finished above us already this season in only 11 games by the time, by the time this week comes around. So yes, it's not good enough having only won four games, but... When you've played literally everyone you've played, there's teams that have finished above you um, last season. Yeah, we'd hope to get points off them and we want to see progress. But at the end of the day, you've also got to look at who you've played. So for me, I, I, I'm not putting Arteta under any pressure. Yes, if we're 15th come you know, February or March, then yeah, start do, yeah, talking about pressure. Agree. But I don't I do also think that's had, the manager. You have I think had, there's other areas. You have had a tough a tough start, but you haven't done anything against those sides. You're still 14th. And, and to be honest, Steve, as well, you have, the Premier League... United, but other than that, that, you have to... For you to finish higher, you need to... For you to finish higher than 8th, you have to get results against these teams. What Otherwise... The, pre- the Premier League's no, no, tough no, no, this year. No, 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 so no, no. Because no, that's nonsense. You're just looking at Aston Villa in the last couple of games. You're no. not looking at what we've done all season. Aston Villa are the only team to have beaten us by more than one goal. That's fine. We have been absolutely... Sorry, last season, we're losing games 2-3-0 consistently for the first six months. There is a huge amount of improvement. I'm not sitting here saying Arsenal have finished article. Miles off it. Needs loads of work. But by you guys saying we're not showing anything, we're not doing anything, literally losing games by one goal. 
Right, that's all. Same as Sheffield United like last to, week. Chris Wilder's not. Chris Wilder can't say that he's been losing games by one goal. And I would like to. Ju- and my point, my point is this, and my point is very simple. Right, you finished eighth, and you played those teams. You played. What do you say? Your only team you haven't played just yet that finished above you. Is After Chelsea. this weekend, will be Chelsea. It's Chelsea, yeah. and then who out of those teams are still above you? Every single one of those teams. So your expectation right now, if you don't beat those teams, is that you're going to be happy with eighth. No, I'm not saying I'm happy with it. But then but you, you're sacking you're, the manager and getting a new no, one won't I, help it. So, so he's, that's my point. Yeah. I only yeah, pulled on the a, fact that you went point. at the we're not doing anything. Like we're getting pumped every week, and that is completely false. I wouldn't say you're getting pumped, but I'm saying your performances lack some type of Arsenal expectation. Do you know what I want to throw a point is under pressure. But, it isn't but because, you it isn't because you're work, losing games by one or two or tight games, but like. You know, you're you're going out there and you're playing well and you're looking threatening and you're doing this and you're getting unlucky and maybe VAR's not on your side. Just to find the times you watch them play, they lack some type of uh, what the the thing that you always equated with an Arsenal team and an Arsenal game is that it's going to be exciting. They're going to uh, over the years you've had fantastic teams, so not only is it exciting and it's great football and some fantastic goals, yeah. your team's always better than everybody else. I just don't think that you have a better team than many teams at, that sure. you want to finish above, and you are lacking that that sheer. Um, there's something. There's a, a, a lack of heart. There's a lack of. I don't know if it's care or I don't know what. There is something a little bit awry. I mean, just so you guys know, we have a, a spin-off podcast next week, which is the Chris and Steve show. It's going to be airing next weekend, so we can we'll release that one. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about managers under pressure? Right? No, no, and, and, and just here's yeah. here's the, I'll here's cut that the point to go into this. That what Steve saying's missing. The, what I noticed, and I watched the whole game, Arsenal Wolves, and genuinely, when have a look at how many times when Arsenal got crosses into the box, Aubameyang just jumped, but didn't attack the ball. There was no real desire to actually get on the end of it. There was a very lacklustre jump, and the ball just kind of went past him. And it happened, it happened two or three times because I pointed it out during the game when I was watching it. And I just think they don't have that bite. Arsenal used to always have a bite. Steve's right, they used to want to get the ball down. They used to be exciting. They used to want to do... And I, I still think they have that. I still think they have that, that, that ideology, that philosophy that let's get the ball down and play and, 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 and do this and do that with the ball, make it exciting. But I don't think they have enough experience. In, I mean, look, you look, they're bringing... Nelson off the bench. I think uh, Saka and um, who's the other uh, youngster? William. Not not William, the other one. Um, Ellie and Katia? No, I just had it on the end of my tongue. So apologize. Ne- uh, no, the other one, not Nelson. It's uh, Nelson, Willock. 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 Um, you Seven, know, and they're not. You know, they're not. I don't think they're they're ready to be in. If you look at an Arsenal team that's been over the years. That's competed and been in that top six and just had them household names. Those players aren't. Your household names really is Aubameyang and Lacazette. And Lacazette obviously just not playing for some reason. Who's your highest goal scorer, by the way? Lacazette's on three goals. Is your high Three goals is your top goal scorer at the moment. He's not getting a game. Here's Arsenal's next five Premier League fixtures. And in, in between this, they've got uh, two Europa League ties, uh, 
and they play Man City in the cup. They got Tottenham at the weekend. Then they go to Burn. They they have their home to Burnley, which obviously is a must win. That's a must win because after that they got. It's South- the last thing you want to do, though, isn't it? But they got you Southampton go at home. Team and Southampton have been too. a bit of a bogey side for Arsenal around Christmas over years. They, they've caused them problems, and Southampton have caused many teams problems this year. Then they go away to Everton. Who have, who have done very well this season and then they play Chelsea so you're talking about Tottenham Everton Chelsea a, a, a difficult Southampton time side I, an unpredictable I mean, I mean you're what right happens what if, does that what, say though maybe right about the points from them games? well and I was going to bring the that point up in a minute so, I was so tough yeah. like, and, every game you look absolutely. at it absolutely and we talk about pressure and I think that, that was the point I was going to bring up a second ago is I, I personally agree with Christian again that there is a little bit less pressure at the moment. But I think that's because everyone knows just how tough the Premier League is right now. Even like even playing against Burnley, you, you, we just said, how tough is it to go and play Burnley when you're you're not performing as you would like to be? That That isn't a, a, an easy win game anymore. And I think that's the reason we see a lot, a lot of managers like Klopp and like Mourinho in the last few weeks being stressed and, and, and venting to the media because they know just how big all of these games are and they know that they can't they can't take their foot off the gas at all and so unfortunately when managers aren't performing as they are or teams aren't performing as they would like to be there are no easy games now whereas I remember a few years back there were easy games because West Ham was that easy game for a lot of clubs a few years back and it was the game where you know Jose Mourinho when he's at Chelsea he would be looking at West Ham and saying you know what We'll rest a few here, boys. Like we'll, t- we'll take our foot off the gas, and you can't do that anymore. I think the the biggest thing is as well. I think times are changing. I think we have gone on this merry-go-round of managers. We fire one and we bring one in. You know, we've lost the times of a Fergie and a Wenger and longevity. And then, to credit to Klopp and Pep, they came in and they were like, I imagine that was a very honest sit down with the owners when they were hired of. Hey, if you want me to come in, this ain't going to happen overnight. You're just not good enough. You know, you look at Man United, you know, I have a serious question. They were 2-0 down to Southampton at, at the weekend. If they'd have lost that game, they'd have been same situation as Arsenal is right now. And let's be honest, Ole spent a lot of money. Well, can, and, and, and oh, that, Ole hasn't. Can we so talk about that, that result there? Because, and I don't know what you all think as coaches in this room. Was that an Oli master touch bringing Cavani on or should he have had Cavani on before that? Because everyone's looking at that now. They were 2-0 down at Southampton. You're right. I mean, I watched that first half. They were getting battered. Is there does anyone see like an, an, an element of like luck with what... Yeah, yeah do, absolutely. On, by the way, like, everyone talks about... Scored, did you see Cavani's scored. goals? Oh, he's outrageous. Cava- no, no, no. The, the first goal, Cavani was, was so closer cool. to making it miss the goal than he was scored the goal. No, like, come it wasn't on. A Cavani- Cavani is. He showed you how good he changed no, that no, game. No. I do think Cavani's class, but people, the defense, the, the, the people are saying that he like revolutionized this United team. And all I'm saying is, I rate Cavani, I'd start him, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, people are like, oh, he got both of those, etc. The first goal was going in the bottom corner, and he's almost headed it into the keeper. But, so why did why then? So you and can't you're talk right. Talk about it being a Cavani thing. You're right, like, but Rashford thing. hasn't done that in the last six weeks. And I'm sorry if we're going to talk about Cavani being all oh, right. He just did this. Mason Greenwood, average last six weeks. 
and, and Rashford. They needed they needed a world class striker. And I'm sorry, he is. He made those I mean, runs. I, I rate him. Yeah. I'm just saying that it can't just go down to him because yeah, no, absolutely. But back to the question on managers because we're talking about you can't just give it to Cavani. I agree with you completely. But then my question yeah. my question remains: a lot of this is like Steve just said, luck because they were getting battered. Really and in, and in my it opinion, in my opinion as a coach, I'm sat United. there thinking, yeah. and I know what oh. I do when I coach at the weekend. I'm not comparing my U10 girls to United, although I maybe should. But when you <laughs> when you think about it, when you've got when you're in a game at the weekend and you're playing, and, and I say, oh, we're losing two 0 I have to change something. He's sitting there looking at his notebook and he's like, what the what should I do? Yeah, I'm just gonna throw in up top. But that's what I mean. It's lucky. It's lucky. United only team, right? Is it a difficult choice? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, that's surely that's just common sense. No? Right. Riley said something earlier. like, you know, United and Arsenal probably find themselves in fairly similar situations. Yeah, Differences, how much money have United spent and where was it spent? This I, is I, my only argument. I think, Arsenal, I think we're, we have a plan and we're going somewhere, right? Arteta brought in the people he felt could develop the team. I agree with all of you lot. We look lacklustre up front. The last five years, you've all spent saying Arsenal can't defend, blah, blah, blah. And one thing Arteta's done, and yeah, we've conceded, you know, a goal a game, but we're losing by one goal. We've defended well this year outside of Aston Villa, and I'm talking about this calendar year. So the end from January all the way through to now, we've defended a hundred times better, yeah. and it's showing that there's neglect going forward. And, and we need to pick that right. back up to be exciting. Yeah. If Arsenal can be exciting going forward again, like I always say to you guys, I'm not worried because if the, they do get that, on the flip, and and all I want to say, and I. Sorry, Sam. Um, just quickly look at maybe Chelsea. <laughs> Lampard's done the same, right? Well, he's shorted us had, off. He's had quite a bit more money. Uh, that's fine. Well, we, we we've done really good transfer dealings over. The last I mean, couple of years. I mean, I'm gonna and I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump in off Sam, but we're talking about. I I'm arguing here with about pressure. I think if I was going to pick any manager in the Premier League that's under a lot of pressure. I personally think it's Lampard. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And, I'm I, glad and, I, and that's why Lampard I'm though. very defensive about it. And that's why, although I'm going to give you and Arsenal a lot of stick, I am so for players coming through and, and earning their stripes as as a manager. And I think they deserve the time that they, you know, they've been given the job under different set of circumstances. Are you as a chairman and as a club going to stand by why you've done this because if any chairman or any person that makes those top decisions brings in an ex-player at that age with that you you actually if you don't it isn't on the player it's on the club itself because you've chose to put a manager in charge of a club that has extremely high expectations just like what Arsenal do like what Chelsea do you have to go in there and what they've shown and Arsenal have done a fantastic job over the years of really sticking with the guys that they trust as well. Arsenal Wenger was unbelievable. I'm sure they would wish to have him back right now. Um, but you got you got Frank Lampard coming into this job. If they fire him over the next 18 months, that is... N- I, am, I could never look at Lampard and think anything exactly. ill or negative towards him, but that is the club's fault. You can't go under I these know. false... 
and that, well, that's and that's why I think he's under the of trying to get these managers in and not giving them. The I, I think he's under the most, I not hope. the most pressure. Yeah, I think right. I think he's under pressure because, and this is, and I, and I might be wrong here, and I'm just want to explain why I think he's under pressure. I think he's a young manager, like you say. I think as a person, he's under pressure. As a Chelsea manager, I think he's fine. I think if they don't win the league or win a trophy this year. I don't think they'll get rid of him straight away. But I think Frank Lampard, as a for his managerial career, is under a lot of pressure right now because if he doesn't perform well, like you've said, we're always going to know him then as the manager who went to Chelsea and got fired after, what, two seasons. And I think that he will be a successful manager in the future. Same with Arteta, I think, whether... Same... I, th- I think they're going to be successful managers. But what I, what I am saying is... I think that it's a big hit on a career that early to... Oh, it's a huge gamble for them. For them too, it's a huge gamble taking the roles they took on at the time they did it. Because let's be honest, same way with Ole, to be fair, like I know he's been at Cardiff and he didn't do anything. What? I'm mold. Do you think he's under pressure? Just a yes or no from everyone. Do you think Ole's under pressure as well now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is so unconvincing. It is, unbe- it is unbelievable <laughs> yeah, that I they, are, they are. Se- I haven't seen a manager under that much pressure from the fans in a while. But what, you, what, what, is he, what is he? I don't understand what. On- but what oh, I don't understand about the fans because every week it's something every like and we've no. got we've got fans in the group that watch out and it's like go on United we've just beat Southampton it's yeah, like great they are the worst fans around United United's <laughs> cool last Arsenal five, quiet United's the last five games nil nil to Chelsea maybe not a bad result good result actually because it's Spurs they lost one nil to Arsenal at home then they lost to Everton they beat Everton three one away which is is a good result for them. Um, then they only beat West Brom at home 1-0 and then they've only just in the last kick of the ball beat Southampton 3-2 after being 2-0 down so I think he's got very lucky and talk about the next game is West Ham and to bounce back on to what Christian was saying earlier about Arsenal West Ham have conceded 11 goals from 10 games this season is the joint second best from goals against standpoint which is going to be interesting Um, and Christian going to Arsenal talking about how well they've tightened up the defence. Arsenal are fifth in terms of goals conceded. They're fourteenth. Oh, sorry. They've only conceded twelve goals. There's only one it's, more than one. <laughs> it's, uh, that shows you the difference, isn't it? You're right. No, you're right. Is, we're talking about him. We've all just said he's under pressure. He's at the top of their Champions League group. Yeah, but uh, let's be real. They're not winning that. So it's, it's kind of. No, but it was it's just a bad death. We're talking about he's, done, he's got luck. Yeah, he's done well. Yes, do you know what? It's really bad to say luck. Honestly, it really is bad. But any time I've seen United play, I've not been impressed. And then I look at the results that they get, and they just but do something. But here's the deal. Fergie ran that dressing room, and if you listen to interviews about Ole or Ole, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> if, if, you listen, if you listen to interviews, he sounds like he sounds like. The players run that dressing room, and when he talks about it, he's like, well, actually, "Oh yeah, I don't know." So Roy Keane says Fergie didn't run the dressing room. Of course, the he doesn't. Ran the dressing room. 
Of no, course, Rory Kane would they say they ran it before him. So it's layers. It's, yes. it's, it's any, leadership. Any strong dressing room. Look at Chelsea's dressing rooms back in the day with the or now with Thiago in there. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It, like, is but but Frank's got the last say. Mourinho's got the last say, and I don't think Sorry. he has he it. I don't think Ali's got the last say. Arsenal, Wenger, they used to have captains in there. Man United do not have. Captains in it. Talk, Bruno Fernandes is 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 their captain at the he moment. He's stealing a living. Talk, for a long time. <laughs> talk, talk oh, about I'm sick captains. of him. How many times did he give the ball away this weekend? Oh. Everyone's talking about him like he's a second coming. He was awful. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sorry. He was, he was absolutely, and, and I don't think, and I, and I, a few he fans. Literally, you're right. He literally epitomizes United. It's unbelievable. Like somehow he just manages to pop sorry. up and not yeah. win. And you're like, wait, what's going on? All look, and, United and, and then United fans are like, oh, look how good he is. He's amazing. He's, he's, he's not. He's, he's, good. he's a good player. He's a good. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. Fantasy but... is lovely, isn't it? So, so we've we've spoken about man's under pressure. Three guys have come up a fair bit. Youngsters. In big names, Oli or Ole, Arteta and Lampard. My personal opinion on each of those, like, I, I felt for Lampard going to Chelsea because I, I worry that Abramovich will put too much pressure on him. I personally think Lampard for Chelsea is one of the best things you guys could ever do yep. and give him the chance to, yep. to do it for five to ten years. And I think you can have that. what hurts me is... A, yep. You know, it could be a an Arsenal from '98 to 2004, or a United from the '96 to '93, or yeah. the Chelsea you had before that, or the recent City. That's what you could build a Chelsea with him. Personally, I think Arteta's got a hell of a lot to do with not a lot of money and probably yeah. a lower There's starting point. But I think sure. he's been given the chance to make those changes. I think Oli's not given any control over who he brings in. Yeah. I think, personally, I think he's struggling quite a bit with regards to maybe getting his message across to players, yeah. but that could also be because he doesn't have a say in the players. But what Oli does have is he's got talent, yeah. and that will get you results. At the end of the day, the names that they have and they can put on a team sheet will get them results here and there, regardless of how well they play. And that's what they're... I believe that's the fortune United are yeah. living on right now, rather than just saying, Oli... Lampard, Arteta, just all take control yeah. and let let's see and I've, and the I, good old days. Yeah, you know? I think I think there's 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 certain valid points in that, and I, I want to take it just a tiny bit further. If Arsenal were to sack Arteta, I believe there would be issues with the fan base. I think the fan base would be extremely disappointed and questioning why did you get him involved? What's the point of it if you're going to sack? Chelsea would when you talk about idols like Frank Lampard is an idol and I think even if he fluffed this I would still worship the ground that he walks on the only if, way if, if Chelsea can get rid of Frank Lampard in two years or three years or something like that and and it can remotely settle a little bit positive with the fans as if John Terry was his replacement. No, so John Terry's got a different appeal to Chelsea fans. Like John Terry, people are pure think, as well. No, Chelsea's yeah, got a few yeah, black yeah. marks. Yeah. No yeah. offense. Yeah, there's he, a whole yeah. show on the BBC no, so, so, about so, racism and yeah. So no you know, one banging everyone's wife. The, like, the, the, Lampard's the golden yeah, boy. The difference between oh, Lampard and and Terry is that. Nobody <laughs> respects John Terry as a person, but everyone Correct. was scared crapless of the guy. Everyone and respects he him as a player. Everybody up. Whereas Frank Lampard is 
Honestly, is the best thing. He is my respected absolute all over. So Chelsea getting rid of him, it would be an uproar. It would be pointless. What? What? Then everyone would go. Why on earth did we get Frank Lampard in if you're going to sack him and not give him time? But with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, if they got rid of him, nothing. There would be no. There would be, nothing would change. He would just be removed, and then whoever would come in, there'll be a positive response. Yeah. There wouldn't be a backlash. Months. So honestly, United under they're sitting there in my mind. They're sitting there. If if United were performing the way that you guys were performing, no offense. The way you guys were performing right now and the lack of ability by the coaching staff to get the players riled up for games, Odigo de Solskjaer would be out the door, no one would care, no one would bat an eyelid, someone else would go in and then it would be an, an immediate positive. Whereas if Chelsea got rid of Lampard, Arteta got rid of Arsenal, there would be a massive wave and abuse and question marks about the people above why are you making these decisions? And it'll be a negative, and then you'll, and the pressure wouldn't be on what would happen, or the pressure wouldn't be on the manager right now. There'll be so much more pressure coming from the person who would come in to take that role. It would be, an, it would be a complete disaster. No that point, that which me why, that Roy Keane's not there. Which, is, Roy why, which is why Arsenal are not going to get rid of Arteta. Chelsea are not going to get rid of Lampard. That is it. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is under pressure because I personally believe that he's a bit useless, um, and I think United. I don't know how they do it. Week in, week out, they are just dragging points out. Do you know who we haven't spoken about yet? Because I think it's really important that someone else bring it up rather than him over there. We haven't talked about being under pressure, who I think probably is, is is Jose. Because I think as much as... No, I agree. As as much as we're saying... No, pressure for a trophy. He's not not saying about losing. Well, when you say about not using his job right now, I think... I think there's going to be a few managers that will lose their job this season. But if we're talking in the next five or six managers to go, if Tottenham don't win a trophy this season, I'm talking a trophy that's not the Carabao Cup. I will take the Carabao Cup. If you win the Carabao Cup and then you get knocked out Europa League, you don't win the Prem, how, how long, and let's have a realistic answer here, how long is he okay not performing at the highest level for Spurs because as I hate to say this you've got all of the tools you have a squad now you have a manager who you have been begging for for the last 10-15 years I think he's big time under pressure because if you don't win you don't have an excuse there is no excuse and where do you go after that uh, who do, who, who well, would you turn to? You so know? Pochettino okay. said uh, the summer before, summer before the one that's just been after we lost the Champions League final. Um, Pochettino said we are we are in a a painful rebuild. Was was the quote he said? It was a painful rebuild, which people kind of was confused because they thought, well, why why we we just got to a Champions League final, um, and it was because a lot of those players were. F- Probably unsettled. They've been there for a long time. There was there was a, a few bad eggs that had crept in, um, and it showed. That's what cost Pochettino his job. Mourinho's come in and he has done what he does, and that's stabilise a mentality. People don't usually talk about Mourinho as a stabilising manager because yeah, he only lasts three years. But in that first process. In that first phase of him taking over, he stabilises ships because he stabilises players. I mean, I mean, he has 
got the best out of Harry Kane right now. Eric Dyer and Toby Alderweireld are playing the best football they've played um, in, in in a couple of years. Um, Lloris is keeping clean clean sheets. I mean, the, the fact we can we can I, can I just jump nine, in? We've conceded nine goals this season so far. You can carry on your rant, but I really want to ask you this because you've just said to me he's got the best out of Harry Kane. Harry Kane's not performing right now. He's the best striker in the world and he's not scoring. What? Yeah, but the way he's playing, mate, I'm an Arsenal fan, but the way Harry Kane is playing... The system's working really well. He's working well as a system. But is as a striker... Do you feel like he's performing right now? 100%. Okay, that's fine. Carry on Carry on with Harry your rant. Kane's, that's all. Harry Kane's playing probably the best football of his career right now. And I, and I, I genuinely believe a huge part of that is because of Jose Mourinho. And, he's, and Jose Mourinho has helped develop his game in different ways. He comes a little bit deeper to hold the ball up. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean. Three kicks, he, he, he wins, but he's still scoring. He's still dropping down and, and scoring. How many has he scored this year? Is he scoring as much as he used to? Because what I would say to Ross's point is that he is playing phenomenally well, but you changed his game. Stats, I'd say that he's not scoring the same amount of goals, but he's playing better. And then the question is, we say he's playing. This this is this is my question. This is my question for you, though, right? Because you say, yeah, he is playing well, and and obviously Spurs are performing. But my opinion of Harry Kane, he is, in my opinion, the best goal scorer in the world today and I think Mourinho is arrogant in the sense that he's gone in and said you're not going to be the best goal scorer in the world anymore you're going to do it my way and that might work and great great if it does stats for for currently after 10 games Harry Kane is the second highest goal scorer in the Premier League after playing 10 games he's got 9 goals just in the Premier League he's the highest assist second is Kevin De Bruyne with 5 he has 9 there is there is no there is no question that Harry Kane is is one of the best strikers in the Premier League at the moment, and he's will probably break records. He is going for the personal goals of beating Alan, trying to beat Alan Shearer's records, and all of the and being Tottenham's all all time goal scorer. Um, there, there's no question in the Europa League. He's and and the other cup competitions which he he's now being rested for. He doesn't have to play them because we've we've signed Vinicius. Um, who is a great backup for him, um, and he's still one of the top goal scorers and assists in that competition. Yeah, well, he did play about nine, nine game, nine qualifying rounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I, to be I, fair, the assists he got yes, five in one. Going, 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 back, to, going back to the original point, yeah, is Jose, is Jose under pressure? Mourinho under pressure to win a trophy? Yes, there's, there's no doubt. But he was brought it, in to he, win a trophy. So if he doesn't this me, year, does he go? For me, do you know what the I don't crazy... Think, no, we, we're not going to win. There's no way we'll sack him. Do you know what the crazy thing is? Does Jose Mourinho bring that type of pressure on him? Yes. And is it too yes. early? Well, that's a great a, question. Is it... Because I think he... I think for all of the good that he does, it can easily be flipped. Like it is either fantastic or it is... Horrible, it's either growing real well or not. You know, there's going to be a time during a season when Son and or Kane get injured because they've never really been able to play a whole whole year. Once you you lose those two types of players, right, um, which are unbelievable, both of them, we talked about it during the, the live chat, I would take Son over any of the Chelsea attacking players. Son, I would put Son... Son is... Unbelievable! I would take. Yeah. So I think Son is your best player. I know you're going to say Kane. Well, Kane is. No, nah, he'll say Hoiberg. 
Um, <laughs> son, son, you, if you take if, if you take Sun out of your team, you stop a lot. A lot of your and who you are stops because honestly, like Kane is an unbelievable striker, but Kane needs players around him to take the spotlight away from him. Gets him a little bit more time on the ball, enables him to actually go and find a space and whatnot. Um, I'm thinking that with Spurs and how well you're doing and what's going on, you are top too early. The fact that you are top right now has immediately put you on the spotlight and you think that it's great that the other clubs are doing very poorly while they're still trying to find their feet. I think that it's a negative because with you being top, with Jose being Jose, he's going to continue to make ridiculous statements as he does after and before every single game and the spotlight's going to be on him and I'm not sure that I just I don't maybe it's because I don't want it to happen maybe I'm blind I'm, I'm forcing myself I'm not sure you've, 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 you've got it in you completely to, to do it and I think the pressure is on you so much you've also got to remember this is something I've learned about through my work in life and to be fair when we were at university we learned this whilst we were playing but is, it's called U-stress. Um, so I don't know how many people know about it, but psychologically it's called U-stress. So basically every individual, um, if you made a graph and you made the x-axis and um, pressure and the y-axis performance, you meet somewhere in the middle. So for instance, for myself at work, I've found out through monitoring it for years, I have to be under quite a lot of pressure to perform to my best. I need to create a stressful environment for me to perform. Now, Mourinho, for me, looks like someone who needs a hell of a lot of pressure and stress to perform. And the question is, is he going to find that balance towards the end of the season? Is it going to go a bit too much yeah. and he underperforms? Or is he going to nail it just right, like he did so at that's Chelsea? A, that's, I think he that's, loves the pressure. That's a wonderful that's insight. He loves the pressure, he loves the pressure but do Spurs. Well, no. is he not Spurs right no, now? No, he's not Spurs right now. He's, he, any he's, trying to, he's trying to get Spurs to where he wants them. Yeah, any point. other team um, has has had something beforehand where they are expected to... He is dragging a, a, a hideous club out of nowhere to come up and, and be top. No, you're right. But I don't think Spurs... Can do can with deal with that. I think right. I think what he will come. I think where and I'm hoping he does. I think he's just going to come up against hurdles and and things that are just a little bit bigger than him. If it was as an individual, if Jose chose to be, um, I don't know if he was an athlete and doing an individual sport, Jose it, he would be frightening at the amount of stuff that he could do because the guy is just such a winner. Yeah. Spurs are not. So he is trying to get that. If you get a balance between being a winner and a club that is not and you have a balance it means that you're not a winner you're just going to fade away we've got I think we've probably got time maybe to talk about one more manager quickly that we haven't spoken about I don't really want to talk about a manager but I want to talk about position so who remembers the lowest who's who's ever been relegated with the lowest amount of points West Brom right Derby with 11 points, right? 10 games in, how many points are there on the board? Probably three. Four from five points. So we're top, and then the manager, oh, bonus points, who can get the manager? 
who was fired on November 26th. Was it that? No, Paul Jewell was Wigan, wasn't he? Paul Jewell did take over. Paul Jewell took over, but who got fired? Don't remember. But Paul Jewell was the manager when they got relegated, right? When they got relegated. How about about we leave that blank and let one of our listeners see if they can figure out who that answer is? And if you do... You get a free chatting in channel yeah. shirt. Without cheating. But we're, we're saying that a manager right here, after 10 games, had five points, and they finished on 11. Chris Wilder's currently on one. It's the low, lowest point. Wait, so how, do, do you know how they... Was it three draws and a win, or was it six it draws? was a win. Uh, three draws. And three draws. Huh. Actually, he drew the first game so, of the season. So, but then you're uh, saying he got six out of the next 28 games. Yep. So, like, I, I get it, five after ten, but if you look at an average points over the season, it's a bit different. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, you t- yeah, you're totally right, but we're talking after ten games, you know, have Sheffield United got the capabilities? And I don't know enough about Sheffield United, but how much does it hit them financially if they get relegated? And is ten games enough time? that? The manager in question that we're going to have the question about actually got fired after 14 games. Crikey. So you got fired after 14 games. And would they have six points at that point? No, they still have five. Still did, have did, anyone watch the, did anyone watch the Sheffield United game this past weekend? Yeah. How oh, on they're earth, playing well. How on they're playing well. did they not get something from they play, And they played chances and, and I'm West Ham fan as well, and I'm not going to talk, like, we're not playing well, and we haven't played well the last two games. They played well against us. They should have yeah. beaten us, yeah. and we got lucky at the I, end. I, I'm, I'm Wait, actually convinced you that. You know what? West Brom and Fulham playing well as well. What, yeah. All these teams. Yeah, so when you, when you in the Prem's playing bad, if you're a player... If you're a player and you're going in these and you're playing in these games and it's not going right for you and whatnot, you actually you're still engaged. You still know that you are so close. Yeah. It just something has to. When you're playing, that's why when I mentioned Newcastle and and, and teams that aren't actually performing well and not doing well, you know, and then and then you, I think to myself, Sheffield United. Yes, of course. You look at what's going on there. You look at the league, you look at the, the struggling of goals being scored and so on and so forth. I believe that they are, I said it a couple of weeks ago when we did our first predictions and I thought that they were going to win against West Ham. Mm. Um, and again, I think that they are so close to, 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 to breaking that. that I, think, I still personally believe that they will be fine. And that's that, so, which is really interesting, which Anthony just mentioned. So let me ask you a question. How much longer do you give Chris Wilder? How many more games? Chris Wilder's last five results, Liverpool away, lost 2-1 by one goal. Man City at home. And they deserve more than that. Man City at home, lost 1-0 by one goal. Chelsea away, they lost 4-1. Sorry. West Ham at home, good side, they're fifth in the table. Um, Lost 1-0, one goal. And West Brom away, that was the big one, of course. Yeah. 1-0. That's five games in a row. Let's look to wrap this up and, and just really quickly, we'll go around the table and say to every person you got, you got one minute to say, number one, who you think is under the most pressure, number two, who you think is the is the manager that's going to succumb to that pressure and is going to get sacked first. So let's start with Sambo. Who do you think? I think the, the manager that is under the most pressure um, is who we've maybe spoken about 
Um, currently, right now, I think the manager who is under the most pressure because even though he's won the last three games in a row, are they going to Solskjaer? I think he's so hit and miss that the manager who I think will be under the most pressure around Christmas is going to be Arteta with their running games. And I think the, the manager... <laughs> sorry, Christian. Ew, the ridiculous. manager who is the most rattled and who I wanted to talk about the most is Mr. Jurgen Klopp. Um, and I think if he keeps going on this spiral that he's going down, um, I think he could find himself with a, with maybe with a, a dodgy result against Wolves this weekend. And then they play Spurs next. Uh, if they don't come out with, with good results on them, with all the injuries, the players coming out, I think they could find them, so he could find himself under some, some kind of pressure. Um, because he's rattled. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, so, that's so it's still no clearer on who's going to get. Still no clearer on the two questions. That yeah. We so asked your there. question was who's under most pressure and who's going to go first, and you said Arteta's under most pressure and Klopp's the first one to go. No, he said Arteta's under the most pressure, and then he said Klopp's under the most pressure, and yeah. then he said Oli's under the most pressure. So, <laughs> so Christian, let's go <laughs> with you. <laughs> I mean, look, Sam's got a point, right? Liverpool have which ones? <laughs> no, he's got a point about Klopp. Liverpool have conceded more goals than Sheffield United this season let that stat sink in because I don't think many people are aware of that Liverpool have conceded more goals than Sheffield United but the fact is Sheffield United can't score so for me the manager under the most pressure right now I believe is Chris Wilder you can't not be with one point I think in my heart after last season I still think Sheffield United will find a way out I think they are so close in some of those games to turning them around into points the person I think that's going to go first again is Sean Dyche we haven't spoken about him enough but Dyche has done a great job with Burnley over the last few years and he's built an expectation for himself and for them to be where they are and if they don't start moving quickly I see them saying maybe same old, same old, we need a change to get some results here. So I think he might be the first one to go. Sam Allardyce, the perfect replacement if he does. Go on then, ready? I think for me, under the most pressure, um, to go on the back of Christian, I'm going to say it's Sean Dyche. I think he has got the capabilities and the backing of the team to get it around, but I totally agree he's been so successful with that group for so long. Maybe it's just time it's all over, but I think he's under pressure. I'd like to think a man of his calibre would pull it out. I think the first guy to go, and I'm going to predict the date, I think he's going to go on the 2nd of January, and I'm going to say my old friend Ole, I think he's going to go, I'm looking at his fixtures here, I think he's going to lose against PSG this week, I think West Ham are then going to beat him, and I think uh, Leipzig are going to beat him, then they play Man City and get beat, Chris Wilder's going to turn it around at Sheffield United, he's going to beat him, they're going to play Leeds, we're going to pump him. Everton are going to knock him out of the quarterfinal of the Football League Cup, and then they're going to play Leicester at Wolves and Villa, and he's going to be out. Oh, hey, Man United. That is a that's, that sounds like Arsenal's first ten fixtures. <laughs> Steve, what are you saying? Um, it's impossible to shy away from the person who's got the most pressure. It clearly has to be Wilder. There's no way you can you can play ten games and have one point and think that that the pressure's not on you. I think he's going to turn it around. He's not going to be the first man to get sacked. The, the, the first man to get sacked for me, honestly, is, is Steve Bruce at Newcastle. I, I just, and I, I don't have anything out or against Newcastle. It's just a shame to see 
a club of that stature, they just fizzle out. I, I, I've seen them three or four times this year, and every single game is just poor. It's just really, really poor. They've got Aston Villa, West Brom, Leeds, and Fulham as their next four games. We're talking about predictions in terms of when someone's going to get fired. They have to get at least six points from these games. If they don't, the teams in and around them will be catching up with them and climbing towards them. Then the fixtures after that, honestly, I mean, they've got City, Liverpool, Leicester after that. They've got um, Arsenal winning around that too. They have got not much going for them. Steve Bruce, for me, will be the first man to get sacked. And I think it's going to happen at any time, sort of in that January, February period. Um, but yeah, Chris Wilder, for me, is the person most under pressure. Stevie Bruce will be the first man to get sacked. It's an interesting one, Nick, because we've, we've all talked about a lot of different managers. Uh, and I think we all, we've all said that there's different kinds of pressure for me. Um there's a lot of managers at the bottom that are under pressure. I think if you talk about pressure and the situation that he's in, for me, I think Mourinho is under the most pressure when I look at what that word means as a whole. Um, I don't think he's at risk of losing his job. I don't think he's got, I don't think they're going to sack him for the next, he can stay there as long as he wants to be quite honest with you. But I think pressure wise, a fan base that are just begging for a trophy, they're begging for some positivity and they're on the brink because right now it is scary how close they are to to winning. Um, I was going to say, I was going to go with uh, with Newcastle as, as the first team to sack my manager, but I'm going to go with Sean Dyche at Burnley. Um, and again, just looking at their fixtures, they got Everton, Arsenal, Villa, Wolves, Leeds in their next five games in the Prem. And I'm sorry, I just don't see where they're getting points out of those five games. And if they don't get points in a hurry, I think Sheffield United are very close to turning it around. You're right. If Chris Wilder doesn't turn it around soon, he's gone. But if he does, um, then Burnley, Fulham are looking good. Um, and if Burnley don't pick points up, then they're, they're going to have to start asking questions. Um, pretty long one today. I hope you all enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed uh, the conversation that we had. If you've got any other other examples of uh, managers that you feel are under pressure, um, maybe in other leagues, um, maybe managers that you think might step in if, if any of these managers do get fired, please do interact with us on our social media channels. We're uh, at Chatting in the Channels. We'll put some clips up and we will uh, we'll hope to hear from you. Hey, let's, let's do a competition for this one. If someone can predict the first manager to get sacked in the comments and it's correct, you can win a free Chatting in the Channels shirt and a uh, $50 Amazon voucher. All right. Well, I'm in for that. Yeah. So you got to predict. by Christian. you got to predict. There you go. Christian's uh, offered to put his hand in his wallet. But we need comments. <laughs> we better be good. We need you to predict the first manager. Do, do you want to just leave it as that, or do you want to get them to... Do you want, they have to say a month as well. Yeah. Well, Roy, Can we answer that? Can we edit? No, you can't <laughs> no. answer that. First Roy, manager Roy to, get first sacked. Manager to get sacked. No, just first no manager to get way. sacked. Why? Why he's gone. All right then, lads. Well, uh, there you go. Christian said it. We'll put it in the comments. If you predict the first manager and the month that they're going to get gone in, uh, there's a big prize for you. Listen to us again next week. Thanks very much. Uh, We've been chatting in the channels.